Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful tonight to have some very, very special guests here with us. And uh, we've been trying to have them back for so long. They were here a year ago, and they surprised me when I turned the big 4-0. Amen. And it was such a pleasant and wonderful birthday. Made, it made turning 40 a little more bearable to have all of my family and loved ones with me. And uh, they were here a year before that. And, and they were with us on the day we gave our first fruits offering for Ready Now. And on that day, we gave $340,000 to Ready Now to start. And I'm glad to tell you that we're sitting at $2,533,000. And we're on our way to $3,500,000. And we're going to start in March building that new worship center. And to God be the glory, hallelujah, for the things he has done. How many are ready to see your loved ones saved in the new worship center? How many are ready to see your co-workers find Jesus and be baptized in his name? Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so we keep our eye ever diligently focused on the goal that God has set before us. And we know that through his great power, we shall accomplish what he has called us to do in Jesus' name. And I thank each and every one of you for your faithfulness and generosity. I do want to tell you before my... My father comes to deliver the word tonight. This is a very special book that he has. This is called Magog, the Blessed People. It is a book about Russia. It is the untold story, the epic story of Andrew Urshan, Nathaniel Andrew Urshan, Ronald Reagan, and George Schultz working within the providence of God to bring about the collapse of the USSR. This is a very amazing book that details how that the revival in Russia that began over a hundred years ago, really set the foundation for, for God to bring down an empire that threatened the world. And we saw it collapse in Jesus' name. And you'll want to get a hold of this book, and you'll find copies of that at Connect Point. Uh, and if you would like to pick that up, we certainly would encourage it. Amen. And we, want, we are so thankful to have my mother and my father here. Now, my father is my pastor. I grew up hearing him preach teach he brought me up in the fear and admonition of the Lord and it is my great honor to have him preach in our pulpit tonight amen can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise amen it's my great honor to have him preach in our pulpit but he he surprised me last year when I turned 40 years old, and I've got a little surprise for him tonight, because he's going to preach in our church, but he's going to preach from his pulpit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. He didn't know this was going to happen, but I got a hold of Pastor Bobby Carter, the pastor of Zion Tabernacle. Thank you, brethren, so much. Thank you for... For bringing this pulpit forward and, and taking our pulpit off. Brother Bobby Carter, the pastor of Zion Tabernacle in Kokomo, Indiana. Where I grew up hearing this man of God deliver the word of the Lord. And countless 
patriarchs of the gospel preaching the word of the Lord across this pulpit. So when I look at this pulpit, it represents something so special to me. And uh, Pastor Carter and I got to talking, and I said, man, I would love to have my father's pulpit. And he said, I'd love for you to have your father's pulpit. So he helped me get this pulpit here. And tonight, I'm going to ask my father to come and preach from it. And we're so thankful that he's here. Could we receive him with a warm hand clap of appreciation? Amen. Do I ever feel at home now? What a surprise. And, uh, boy, that's amazing. I am totally taken off guard and surprised. So good to be here in this atmosphere of worship and praise tonight. And uh, we are so delighted to see our friends here at Tree of Life. Um, and uh, for many of you that don't know, um, I was just a, a little boy, five and six years old, back in the 1950s, and I would come to this church uh, when it was uh, uh, in the downtown area in the old theater, and I'll tell you, that was a fancy theater building, and I'd never seen that before. And I just, wow. And uh, so there we were in that great church uh, in the downtown area of Cincinnati. And, and uh, I, I'm so glad to many decades later be back and, and be a part of a church that, that uh, our son pastors. And, you know, your, your pastor is, is known in many circles around the nation. And... Uh, we, we, in fact, we were just on a flight just a couple weeks ago and, and got on and my wife uh, was near a woman that recognized her last name when the, when the uh, flight attendant mentioned it. And, and first question, do you know Joel Urshan? How many times I have answered that question? I said, I think I do know him. Amen. But uh, it's great to be here tonight, and uh, I, I have a, a simple request before I speak. Brother Wilson, can you come back and lead us in my favorite song here? Um, uh, I've known this song for all my life, but nobody sings it like this church sings it. And uh, you may be seated for just a moment, but you'll probably be back on your feet. And uh, we just we, uh, came from... Durham, North Carolina, where uh, your pastor's older brother is pastoring, and uh, we, we had a fantastic service there Sunday and, and uh, preached uh, around a thousand people, and my goodness, what a dynamic church, and uh, we're, uh, uh, we were excited to be in that and then to come and be here with you tonight, and uh, you know, I I'm, I'm just want to tell you something. The last thing I fear is COVID. That's the last thing I fear. And um, I'm, I'm so glad you're here tonight. Uh, 
they, uh, I think we're getting to a point where we can get out and not fear it so much anymore. They've got treatment for it. And, you know, God's going to hang on to you because you've got to build that church and you guys ain't going nowhere. You stay right here. And it's so good to see my dear two friends last night from the restaurant. Amen. And uh, it's just an honor to be here. But Brother Wilson, if you could just get that, that get fiddle and I'll sing it with you. We sing this all the time in our church in Indianapolis. But Brother, when Brother Wilson gets this thing going and you guys get into that rhythm, it, it's just hard to beat. The day when the Lord shall call his soul away. If you labor, fighting for the right, you shall well back cry. I said, watch ye, therefore, you know not the day when the trumpet's going to sound. If you'd be so kind as to stand for just a moment for the
the great reading of the of the word of the Lord and uh, it is a, a joy to be in the house of the Lord in the middle of the week uh, I'm glad God created midweek services so we could stop by the filling station without going a whole week without a fill-up amen 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 and uh, it was so kind of your pastor to invite us to uh, be here tonight, and um, we're just delighted to see you all and know that, that God is blessing you and the church is moving on. Amen. The church is the only hope for the hopeless in this world. And um, if you'll turn in your Bibles... Uh, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called, and one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And I want you to remember that. That is a very powerful statement. And to every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that ascended is the same also that uh, ascended up before, above all heavens and he might fill all things. So the one that descended is the same also that ascended. The one that went down is the same one that went up. Now what this is describing, some people don't understand the biblical language there, is before the church was born, when people would die, they would go into a place called Abraham's bosom. And it was a place of rest for the righteous. But when Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead, the, the power of the Spirit of God in him lifted his body off of that tomb floor. And that's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, is the power of that elevating of his body and his life, restoring it back into full life and into a a real powerful representation of the God-man that he was. But it also meant that when he ascended up into the heavens, he took with him the people that were confined into a dimly lit kind of a dormitory, if you will, spiritually, uh, in an underworld called Abraham's bosom, he took them with him up into paradise. And that's why he said to the thief on the cross, today 
thou shalt be with me in paradise. He took them into the most glorious, heavenly, fantastically beautiful place you can imagine. Filled with sights and beauty and bliss that you can't possibly imagine with your earthly mind. And he took those captives, captive, took them as holy captives into a marvelous, glorious place, a heavenly place. And it's, uh, it's uh, amazing to know that, that up until that point, that's where people would go. And then the Lord set them free into this beautiful place called paradise. So uh, I would like to, for the next few moments on this wonderful Wednesday evening, to speak on you to about the subject of the revelation of the sonship. The revelation of the sonship. Praise God. How many glad you know who Jesus is? Amen. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated in the name of the Lord. When you look at the scene of, of Calvary or Golgotha, where Jesus died and he was hoisted up on uh, cross beams that we call the cross, along with two other uh, common thieves, criminals. And, and there, the Bible says he gave up the ghost. He died. And when you look at that figure of Jesus on the cross, it, it makes you feel sad and forlorn from him. You, you think, why did this precious, perfect individual have to die like this? But his death was necessary so that we could have this so great a salvation that we have today. Because in the, in, in the thinking of God and in the, in the framework of God throughout the ages, someone had to die for somebody else's sins. And uh, if that didn't happen, then you would be held accountable. We would all die if we sinned. But Jesus stepped in as a human, just like us, became the replacement for the death we should have received. So he's the greatest friend you'll ever have. He died in your place. That's why we love him so much. And when you look at him, you realize that uh, the person hanging on that cross was uh, a human being in whom dwelt God. The creator of the world. God, the father of all life. God, the sovereign, supreme being. And, of course, many people made the mistake of thinking that, that uh, the, the son of God was a second person. When, in fact, it was just as simple as it could be. He was just simply the human receptacle for the divine being, the one God, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. 
God only has one name in the earth whereby you must be saved, and it's Jesus. And that is the name of the Father, Jehovah, who has become our salvation. But by dying, he opened the door to a, a whole another world for humanity. Now, if you go tomorrow to work, or you go to school, or, or, you, or you go to the neighbor's house, or you go out shopping, or you, wherever you go, and you talk to people about this, they, they won't really know what you're talking about. But when, when, when the Lord died on the cross as a man, the Bible says that while he was in the ground, while his body lay in the tomb, he went down into the underworld of, of hell. He went down into hell and he confronted the devil there and he removed power from the devil and took the power into his own hands so that you and I could have life eternal. And, and, and this going down into this spiritual, ghostly underworld meant that the Lord went down there and not only took the, the keys of death and hell away from the devil and, and, and took the curse of sin and judgment onto himself so that we would never have to experience that, that curse on us and could have it removed from our lives by being baptized in his name. Hallelujah. When, you're, when you repent of your sins and you're baptized in the name of the Lord, filled with the Spirit, you will not have to face God in fear. And you can look at death and welcome it as a graduation and an elevation into the eternal presence of God. Fantastic. And we are, uh, we are thrilled that we, we have this revelation of who he is. But it was, it was even more than, uh, than, than that. Because, because what happened was when, when Jesus became um, the, uh, the living fulfillment of God manifest in the flesh. From the time he was born from Mary through childhood, through adulthood, into his three and a half years of ministry, the, the spirit, the human spirit, and the divine spirit in him went on a, an amazing recording journey to record <clears throat> as, as though they were creating software, creating an inscription and an encoding of every experience a human being could ever encounter or experience. Because as God, God in his full eternal nature could never feel pain. God is a spirit and he could never feel physical pain. I'm talking to people tonight. I don't know about you. I've had physical pain in my lifetime. I've never had a, a real bad headache. I've never had a bad stomach ache. I've never had a bad toothache. Amen. Backache. 
the aches and pains of human living. We, we are all uh, recipients of that. And then, of course, there are the other manifold diseases and afflictions that, that come at and, and attack the human physical uh, uh, regimen, the, the, the physical life of a human being. And, and we have to go through all that. So the Lord took upon himself the body of a human being and called it the humanity of God or the Son of God. That word son was to show that the humanity was inferior to the superior nature of God. Great is the mystery of godliness. How can we understand that a divine being can be inside of a corporal human body, but that's what happened and that's why he was such a miracle. He experienced the rejection of some of his best friends, his, his most uh, loyal followers. They rejected him. They betrayed him. One of them who, who was kind of a loudmouthed guy, and a fisherman named, fisherman named Peter, he just absolutely betrayed the Lord in a terrible manner. And, and uh, even got the chickens involved. <laughs> Somebody said, that's why preachers like fried chicken so much. It's because of that, that rooster that uh, betrayed Peter. <laughs> but that, that's exactly what happened. And, and, and he was betrayed. He was left alone. Uh, he was rejected. He was blasphemed. He was ridiculed. And all of that was being recorded and encoded into a life experience inside of him. So that when he left this world and sent back the Holy Ghost, what came back as the Holy Ghost was called the Comforter. Now, how, how, how many remember this? Because I remember this. How many when you were small and, and you fell down and skinned your knee and, and, and your mama picked you up and held you close. Oh, baby, you got a bad little scrape on your knee, honey. And oh, you come here, let mommy hold you. And just mama's kisses and hugs and her sweet, warm breath and, and that warm, that warm embrace, that just made the pain just kind of seem to fade away because the, the sweet comfort of, of that loving person that loved us so much what was there to, to help drive away uh, that searing pain of that scrape. Friend, that's exactly what happens when you go to prayer or you come into worship in a tree of life sanctuary and the presence of the Lord descends upon you. It absolutely drives out the pain and the suffering of human life. He was the comforter. He is the comforter. So the scripture said that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. He brought divine glory and energy down to our life. In the power of the baptizing of the Holy Spirit. 
That spirit absolutely joins our spirit and becomes one with our spirit. The Bible says we are one in him. Hallelujah. And it absolutely infuses us with strength when we're weak. It infuses us with healing when we're sick. It infuses us with joy when we're sorrowful. Hallelujah. In fact, since you walked in here today, you may carry some of the burdens of life in here with you. I can tell you they're lighter right now, and you're forgetting them as I'm speaking because the Holy Ghost is bringing that amazing dimension of warmth and intimacy that only it can bring into us. A week ago Sunday, we were getting ready to start our service on a Sunday morning, and, and uh, there were two ladies sitting toward the back that, that uh, I, I didn't recognize. And so just before the service started, the, the older lady came back to me, and uh, she was a lady that would have been in her 50s, and she said, do you remember me, Pastor? And I said, you know, I said, I, I know I've seen your face, but I said, I can't place you. And so she said, well, and then she told me, when she was there last, which was over three years ago, she said, you know, you, you baptized the father of my uh, daughter-in-law. And uh, we came for the baptismal. And then and, uh, and I knew exactly who she was. And I remembered her name and everything. Well, she said, and she started sobbing. She said, uh, yesterday, which was just two weeks ago, last Saturday, she said, my son was killed in a motorcycle accident, 38 years old. Car hit him, never saw him. And um, it just devastated the whole family. And, and she, she couldn't, now she couldn't talk without crying. And, and she's just shaken. And I said, oh, I'm so horribly sorry to hear that. I, 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 don't, I can't imagine how you feel. And, and so we talked at length, and, and uh, she was telling me about the funeral arrangements and so forth. And... So uh, I, this is what I said to her. I said, I know this is difficult, but I said, you're here for the service. I said, throw yourself into this service and let the waves, let the waves of the presence of God sweep over you. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. I said, let those waters flow over you. And friend, that's exactly what happened. She got caught up into that service. And I preached that Sunday. She and her daughter came to the altar and prayed and prayed and prayed. And raised their hands and turned around and praised God with a freedom. And, and, and they wouldn't leave. They just kept doing it. And our altar service just kept going on because they were there praising and worshiping God. And I thought, that's the ministry of the church. That's the mission of the church. That's why you can't be satisfied with four and five hundred people trying to jam into this building. But you've got to build a bigger, a bigger facility to handle the masses of people. That need an oasis of hope and restoration.
Well, I'm telling you here that tonight, I don't care if it's the midweek or not, and you're shaving all your shouts for Sunday, you can have a breakthrough into the presence of God tonight. God doesn't go by seasons or days. He's 24-7 in the saving power business. Hallelujah. So this coming Sunday, they're coming back with many members of their family. They're going to fill up a big long row of, uh, with people. And boy, I'm going to preach to those people. And we're going to take off into the realms of the power of God. We're going to introduce them to those fountains that Jesus spoke about. Hallelujah. It shall be within you a well living of living water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. Springs of living water. Rivers of life. Hallelujah. My, I'm telling you, when you get to worship God, let me explain how it works. When you begin to worship God, the Bible says, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of the water spouts. You are the water spout. You have that spring up in you of living water. That's what it's referring to. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of your being. So all of you are gushers of water when you begin to worship and praising God. And when so many gushers break loose with a free flowing of the water of life that's in you, it creates a river. So that when the rivers start flowing, it causes the deep to call into the depth of God. It causes the soul of people to reach out to the depth of mercies of God. That's exactly what it is. That's why when you come in here, you need to worship God and let those waters flow out of you. Hallelujah. I'm looking at people tonight. You are so... God bless you. you. Some of you really look pretty and some of you look handsome. But, but, but you might be too pretty and too handsome for your own good. Because human dignity is only worth so much. When it comes to worshiping God, you need to let those arms go. You need to let those legs go. You need to let this body turn. Hallelujah. We are set free. We are set free by the liberty that comes from the Spirit of the Lord is. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, we, we, we don't really understand the way that God operates. God, from the beginning of time, has wanted to be in you. That, that's, that's what the, the, the little church service in the Garden of Eden was about. Where he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. That's what that was about. He wanted to have a little church with those, those two little creatures he created. And, and you see... God had plenty of worshipers. He, he wasn't really creating any greater level or greater ability of worship with those two human beings. He was actually kind of dumbing it down because he was surrounded by angels and seraphims and cherubims. And 
and the sound of their worship and their musicianship was fantastic. We've never even heard the worship of heavenly worship. Well, our worth, earthly worship is good, but it's nothing like the worship that the Lord gets around his throne day in and day out by those uh, celestial worshipers. So he created human beings as a little experiment. What, what if I just took, what if I just took this little uh, soul and, and, and put, uh, put some sludge and mud and yuck around it and called it flesh? And what if I did that? Would, would that creature worship me? See, none of, those, none of those angelic worshipers have any of that. They're celestial. So when they come around the throne of God, they're not coming from an eight-hour or ten-hour shift and, and their back's hurting. Oh, I tell you what, I want to go to church. I want to go to church tonight, but I gotta tell you my back. You see, my back it just kind of got down on me here and I, I don't want to go to church. I, I I don't feel like going to church. I, 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 I'll go home and get my lazy boy and, I, and lean back and, and you know and all that business and, and, and we try to talk ourselves out of coming to church. Hallelujah. They don't have that problem. So God covered this this thing, this soul with this crust. And, and made a crustacean out of it. So that, that there's going to be a challenge every time the time of worship comes around. Because we battle depression. We battle isolation. We battle coronavirus fears. We, we battle all kinds of aches and pains. We battle fear and anxiety. Hallelujah. But then the writer lifted up his voice and said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Woo! He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. 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 That's why Jesus jumped up on that high place that day. He jumped up there and he said, he that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. Hallelujah. I've got the power in me to break through this fleshly barrier. And if you believe on me as the scripture has said. If you get the Holy Ghost as the scripture has said. If you obtain the liberty that the scripture allows. And that's why every little demon in hell looks around churches that don't believe in that message. And they bring them right up to Calvary. They bring them right up to the, the, to the conclusion of the sonship. They bring them right up to that. And then they stop and say, okay, you're saved. You don't have to do anything else. Except Christ, your Savior. You know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be saved. There's nothing like that in the Bible. Hallelujah. Jesus said, go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That's the power of the sonship. That's the power of the released glory of God. 
Hallelujah. When he ascended, it was he who had also descended. Hallelujah. He led captivity captive. Took those people out of Abraham's bosom, put them in paradise. And one of these days when that trumpet sounds, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That word quicken means make alive. That's the old English word for make alive. So when it says it's going to quicken your mortal body, it means it's going to set you on fire. Hallelujah. And I, and I have this question for you. If, if, if you're too dignified and you're too mindful of your handsomeness and your beauty, if, you, if you're stuck in front of the mirror admiring what your mom and dad brought in the world and thrilled that you're the gift that the world was waiting on. If you're doing that, you may have just a little bit too much dignity for your own good. And you need to realize that the spirit that is within you will quicken the mortal body and cause it to rise off the ground. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, in the meantime, back at Tree of Life, in the meantime, back in everyday life, we are here with this power in an earthen vessel, with this glory within us that came straight out of that tomb. Hallelujah. Woo. Both services Sunday in Durham, North Carolina, I didn't get to give an altar call because people just poured into the altars. I'm telling you, there's a hunger in this world like there's never been. People know that something's going on. We know it's the soon appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ in the heavens for his church. They don't know that. They just know something's going on. And, and they don't know what to do about it. If you don't tell them, they're never going to know. You need to take them and say, come and go with me to my father's house. Come on and go with me down the tree of life and you'll never be the same again. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's, it's, the, it's the incredible saving grace of, of the Lord God Almighty. Now, this is, this is what I, I read to you uh, earlier. And, and I want you to uh, be very cognizant of, of, of the statement that is made. Because I read it once and I want to repeat it. Unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. In his life, in his ministry, he encrypted and encoded all of the amazing experiences of a God experiencing humanity who could never experience humanity unless he became a human. And so what happens is he created this grace bomb this ability to rise above the human flesh the sludge that hung on him the the flesh that hung on his frame you see your soul your soul wants to be reunited with its creator 
but, but the body is a barrier between it, and the mind is a barrier to it. The carnal mind is enmity between you and God. So, so we, right now, people are feeling, boy, I'll tell you, I feel something in this, this service. I, I, feel, I, just, I just feel like jumping up, and, and something says, no, 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 don't do that. You know, your, your friend over there, she's watching you. And what will she think? Who cares what she thinks? Oh, I don't know the church. This is kind of a, this is a kind of a nice church. And they, they seem like normal people. What are they going to think if I get out in the aisle and start doing that? They're not watching you. See, that's your flesh trying to convince you that you're more important than you are. People have not got you under their microscope trying to say, oh, what's he going to do next? What, what's he going to do next? I, I, I'm watching. That doesn't exist. That's the devil trying to cheat you out of a marvelous victory of liberty that only God himself can give you. Boy, if you feel the Holy Ghost in you moving you, you need to get out of your seat and begin to move and begin to glorify God with your body and soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hmm. Oh, let's stand in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hmm. Hallelujah. Oh, I love worshiping him. I love praising him. The more you praise him, the more powerful he becomes in you. Woo! Oh, that's it. Just worship him. Don't wait for me to say, all right, it's okay to worship him. Let God lead you into the paths of worship. That's it. Praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Let the Lord set you free right now. Ah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. Let's let the Lord, just let the Lord take you up into that wonderful level of beautiful fellowship with Him. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Oh, that's it. Just worship him right where you're at. He's doing a work with you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Glory to God. 
as we sing tonight, we're going to enter into that place where just you and him commune together. Please don't wait on your neighbor sitting next to you to, to do something. This is just for you. There's no such thing as a shared relationship with God. There's just one-to-one. -one. It's just heart-to-heart. -heart. It's just singular. And as our singers sing, I want you to let God reach down and touch you on the deepest inner part of your being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
praise right now. Come on and give him a praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, that's it. Praise him on a Wednesday night. Praise him in the middle of the week. Come on, praise him in the middle of the week. Woo, hallelujah. Let him refresh your soul right now. Let him remind you again that he's a mighty good God. Yes, Lord, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. person I thank you for this word that we've heard Lord it is rich it is strength it is blessing to us I pray in the name of Jesus that the word will go find good ground in this house and beyond hallelujah and bring forth precious fruit in the precious name of Jesus let's lift up our praise unto the Lord again in the name of Jesus hallelujah Hallelujah. If you need to go, you may feel free to be dismissed. If you want to stay and give him praise, give him praise. Hallelujah.